This podcast is brought to you by Aviva. We'll be exploring some of the biggest questions and issues faced by parents, but sometimes it's nice to have a helping hand. Aviva exists to be with people when it really matters throughout their life. They've been supporting people through life's financial challenges for over 300 years, so they know a thing or two about preparing for the future. Aviva is with you today for a better tomorrow. Right, let's get into it. Hi everyone and welcome to a brand new podcast. This is Parenting Past the Pandemic with me, Vernon Kate. And me, Holly Mackay, founder of investment website boringmoney.co.uk. This is not going to be boring money, by the way. This is a brand new podcast <laughs> where we're going to talk and unravel a lot of dilemmas about parenting and uh, stuff that's occurred during the pandemic and how all of that is just one big ball of confusion, Holly. I'm glad it's not just me, <laughs> Vernon. Um, we're going to be tackling some of the big issues out there and as you say you know having come through lockdown in 2020 I think lots of us re-examining perhaps how how well we've done as parents at this time. Yeah it's been a really weird time and I think there's no individual that can come out of the 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 lockdown period and say yeah it was great for us. It wasn't you're lying Uh, (laughs) because it was weird you know when you say great it was great because you changed a lot of things and you adjusted and it was great for reasons that you never even thought about things would happen before. Do you, do you know what I mean? Do you know what I mean? Am, am I making sense or am I just yeah, as confused I'm, as the pandemic was? No, well, I'm kind of challenging your word great there because, I mean, if, if I'm honest, I found it really hard. And there, there were bits of it which were fantastic. Mm. Sort of, I did see more of the kids. But actually, I saw too much of the kids. Yeah, okay. So, you know, challenging. And Let's I think... establish your relationship with your kids straight away, <laughs> shall we, Holly? Well, you know, what you'll get from me is a very candid view of this, because I guess that's what we're partly here to talk about yeah, exactly. today. I mean, my exactly. sense is, I'm not sure we have very many honest discussions about parenting, because I think with the whole kind of social media sort of stuff out mm. there, everyone puts a sort of brave face on it. But I don't know about you, but my kind of mum's WhatsApp group throughout the pandemic, I mean, people were struggling because we were suddenly forced to be homeschoolers. We were suddenly kind of coming face to face with our kids being online all the time. What does that mean? I was working at the same time. So I don't know. I mean, I, it's been tough. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess so. But I think what I meant with my initial statement was it's been great because we've seen life through a different lens. And I think that's me personally, I think that's what's interesting. That's what has made lockdown for some people positive, made lockdown for some people negative. It's because we, we, we carry on through life on like, like a train going through a tunnel. You know, we, we just see yeah, yeah. what's ahead of us and we just go for it. But because we've been put in a different situation for a long period of time, I think it's made us adjust to what normality is. Talking of sort of the online aspect of it i did you i found it really challenging because i kind of before lockdown i kind of had fairly clear rules because i'm a bit sus on sort Mm. of them being on social media too much time on Fortnite and all all the games so i used to say you can have an hour of screen time on saturdays and sundays and to be honest it was quite often a bit more than that but you know (laughs) that's the sort of parameters and then that kind of rule went out the window in in lockdown because early lockdown well because of schooling they were kind of on laptops for school and then i was sort of in a way nagging them to get get online because they Mm. had to be on school so the the parameters between you know being online used to be just solely for fun and then when it became about schooling i found that really hard because suddenly they were just online all the time and it became yeah, harder true. but but when to police. whilst the kids 
So whilst you, your kids were at home, were you working from home online? Attempting to. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and quite often doing things like hosting webinars or something. And there, there was one time we were hosting a webinar for 300 people in the finance industry. And we had like a minute before I had to start sort of presenting <laughs> this thing. And there was a blood curdling scream. Oh, no. And my daughter was chasing my son across the garden <laughs> with the garden fork <laughs> in her hand. And you know, when you get those moments going, right, we're live in 45 seconds. Oh, and gosh. I've got to have this situation nailed and then removed, you know, and upstairs before we go online so you know it was it, just trying to keep the whole show going was, yeah. was particularly tough but but it meant I didn't have I couldn't permanently be supervising them mm. so I kind of had to deal with them suddenly being able to sort of be online and as much as I might think I've got all the control set up I, I, I just didn't feel that I was sort of able to monitor it as yeah, much as I used it, that is something that you know, I'm not really a forum person. I'm not kind of a, a person who, who, I like to solve my own issues. Do you know what I mean? I like my own problems. I'm not kind of, oh, I'll, I'll do this, I'll do that. So uh, DIY, if there's a problem, I'll kind of figure out a logical way to sort it out, that kind of thing. And it's the same with our kids and, and online. We basically went to the app store. That's the first port of call, isn't it, for anything really these days. And we found a huge selection and I'm glad there is a huge selection of apps that enable you to, I guess, monitor in a Big yeah. Brother way, which some people would say is controversial, but I don't think it is when your kids don't know the difference between what's right and wrong and definitely the content that's available on the internet. So I don't have a problem with being Big Brother. Do they know you're being Big yeah. Brother? Yeah, 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 they do. Yeah, because we explain it to them, and I think that it's only fair that they know that we're watching what they're watching because it's for their own best interest. Let's be honest, you know, yeah, yeah. you don't want them stumbling across something that isn't for the eyes of an 11-year-old. So we've downloaded a couple of apps on their devices that enable us to block certain content and also monitor what they're watching and how long they're watching it or playing for. Yeah. And I think it's that last note which is really important because I think having kids stuck online all day playing a game which is inane and boring and doesn't mean anything. It does to them, but yeah, yeah. there's no real outcome of being great at Minecraft. You know, maybe it sparks creativity, but it's not infinite. Uh, <laughs> so I think that's really important that you do find somewhere that enables you to, to protect them, because that's what it is. It's like a shield on their yeah, devices, yeah, yeah. you know, that enables the out only certain elements of the outside world to filter onto their internet. I think it's also the time thing. I don't know about you, but mm. my, my son, God, he loves Fortnite. He's, he's hopefully weaning himself off it a wee bit. <laughs> but um, I, I really notice it. If he's on there for more than about half an hour, his behaviour changes. Really? The way he sort of speaks. Yeah, it, I kind of find it makes him quite aggressive and does he does he does like he do that. the thing where you you game and you speak to people well uh, this is this is the biggest thing actually that i find really frightening when they can chat to mm. to strangers in in games and i try and work out how to turn it off for them mm. he normally plays Fortnite now with his mates but when he first went on there and set it up I, you see i didn't even know to protect him from talking to people in the game because mm. i didn't know you could talk to people in the game until i kind of looked at it one day and i was like who's, I don't know, whatever their weird gaming name was. Yeah. And he said, I don't know. I was like, you're, you're chatting to them. And it was just that whole sort of clanging moment where you realise that there's this massive world out there your kids are in and yeah. I don't know enough about but it. But it, it's interesting how, how, how kids 
during that period have reacted to their different environments and been put in a different environment. You know, instead of school Monday to Friday, you know, at home, yeah. the discipline of getting up and, uh, you know, some kids were, our two had their laptops and we were really pleased in how disciplined they were. I'll just explain that Phoebe and Amber are two great kids, but chalk and cheese. Phoebe is the rock star, Amber is the Dalai Lama. Okay. So we've got one who's very zen, yeah, who's yeah. cuddly and nice, and then the other one who's like, right, I'm just, it's me versus the world, let's go for it. So uh, during lockdown, it was really interesting how they both came together. Phoebe became a little bit younger, and yeah, Amber yeah. matured quite quickly because they, want, they had no choice but to play with each other. Did they not fight? We get fight all the time, but not... <laughs> Like the Gallaghers, they, they kind of, they fight, you know. It's quite funny, interesting, just as a side note, our two girls speak the proper Queen's English, so they don't have an accent. They, they, you know, Tessa and I have a Northern accent. But uh, Amber and Phoebe have these beautiful, wonderful, clean, crisp English accents. You know, it, 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 it's awesome. But when they argue, they go even more posh. So it's quite funny. It becomes like a scene from St. Trinian's. Where's my water? And you're like, whoa, this is cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sit back and watch. Yeah. yeah. Uh, mine, mine don't, by the way, when they fight. <laughs> I'm not sitting there, Vernon, feeling admiration. <laughs> it's quite funny. There, there is a point in parenting where I've done it several times now where I've gone, oh my God, I've turned into my parents. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I think that's when you, like when I was at college, I studied environmental science with, with and I shared a house with four amazing people who changed my life because they had different outlooks on life and from different backgrounds and different personalities. Uh, and I'll never forget, we were sat in the front room of our digs, a terrace house in, in Greater Manchester. And it was one of those afternoons, wet, rainy afternoon, nothing to do. So we put on a film and we just thought, you know, we watched Easy Rider, the iconic movie. And one of them turned around and says, at what stage in your life will you know that you're old? And you kind of go, oh my God, yeah, that's a great question. Because now that I'm 46, I still don't feel old. I still feel 19. I genuinely feel 19. All right, I've got a few creaks and shakes and aching bones here and there, but I still have this zest for life and this vigor to succeed and go out and fight and win and this, that and the other. We came up with, after a huge debate, about two and a half hours, that you know you're old when you buy bath taps. Bath what? Taps. Taps? I yeah. don't think I've... Vernon, I'm young. I've never bought a bath tap there in you my go. life. Well, you are. You're I young. didn't even know what you'd said. Yeah, bath taps. <laughs> because you don't buy bath taps. No one in... I don't know anyone. I, I, we're in a room of one, two, three, four, five, six people, including us. All right. Have you bought bath taps? No. Have you? No. 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 No one buys bath taps. Yeah. But if you're the kind of person, if there's a moment you in your life where taps. you go into a DIY store and say, excuse me, sir, where are the bath taps? You're old. I wonder if it's curtains. I had someone who came to no, my house yesterday. No, curtains are different. No, because curtains are an essential. I, I, I talked to someone about Roman blinds yesterday. Yes, Roman that for me is quite aging. <laughs> no, but I think soft furnishings are interchangeable on a regular basis. Oh, okay. You don't change your bath taps. I mean, this, we're going off on a huge tangent here, we but are. I think it's relevant. I think you tell, I know when I turned into my mum, I, I haven't said it yet. For me, it's when I turn around to my kids and say, this is a house, not a hotel. Oh, Did you get that line? Yeah, I like that one. Yeah, I haven't yet volunteered that, but it's, it's I will, I can feel it's, it's coming. Yeah, it, that's definitely coming because Amber, the 11 year old, she has a tendency to um, 
sit, rest and relax in a certain space and then leave a certain space with everything that she sat <laughs> relaxed with in that space. It's yeah. like, oh, come on. That's her job. She's 11. Yeah. So the, with Amber, there's two things. I can just shout, Amber! And she'll come down and she knows that means tidying up. And if she's aware... You sound from, like highest in the UK when uh, you yeah, said uh, that. I know, I know. Well, this is it. This is it. I've turned into my parents. And then another one is... Uh, I, if she's not around, because she's like a, a little fairy floating around the house. If she's not around or I haven't seen her for 10 minutes, I just shout, Amber, get off that. Yeah. Because I know that she's sat on her iPad. Let's talk about TikTok. I'm, I want to talk to, I want to know <laughs> what you think about TikTok. Because my, my daughter's 10 and she's just trying to get into TikTok despite my misgivings. And she showed it to me because I thought, oh, I can't just sit here being a grumpy old so-and-so, you know, let, let's look at it. It mm. might be really sort of a, a valuable contribution to, to civilization. And I looked at it and it just, that made me feel to turning into our parents like a grumpy old so-and-so because yeah. it's just full of, as far as I can see, people doing pretty unremarkable things and sort of posting them up and trying to get loads of likes. And they're just sort of, pouting aren't they here's me and my bee stung lips in a glass house looking thin yeah. you know everyone admire me and applaud and so I, are I, your kids on do have you how old are your your children 12 and 10 okay so are, are they are they quite big on social media no, have you allowed I've, I've them kept to have, them off it i'm yeah. kind of holding out as long as i can they don't have phones right and they don't have social media accounts what but age are you are you intending on giving them a phone <sighs> Well, probably when my son um, heads off, he's going to go to secondary school next right. year. So I think at that stage, I'll probably have to give in. But I reckon I can get him one of those £45 Nokia things. You'll love you for that. <laughs> they can play, you what really is it, will. snakes or something, and you can well, send that's another, that's another decision that you've got to make is, you know, because having a mobile phone like that is the equivalent of having a really bad pair of trainers in yeah, our day. Know. You know, and kids are just going to go, oh, easy sunshine. You've got the Nokia 6210. Yeah. What's you, going on are, there? Are you telling me I'm being nasty? I think you are. Well, yeah. no, not nasty. It's your own decision. And, and that's what we have to make obvious on any parenting podcast is that it's all down to you. There are no set rules for parenting, I don't think. I, I think there's one thing that you've got to teach your kids to be, and that's be a nice person. Yeah. Where every, the heart of a family is in the home. And once you go out, it's a completely different world because everyone's opinions are different. Similar, but different. Yeah. And I think parenting, the one rule is make sure that your kids are nice people, I think. And, and how do you find, I'm mean, sort of curious talking about social media, because social media for you is part of your work, isn't mm. it? If, if I get fed up or I'm having a fat day or I'm having a grumpy day, I just don't bother and I can leave it alone for a month. No one notices, no one cares, the world goes on. For you, it, you must have, I imagine, quite a, a kind of love-hate relationship with it do you think that sort of how do you then talk to your kids about social media when for you it's isn't it an essential part of your life i guess it isn't it isn't it it's, it's like you know going back to, to to your kids there will be a stage where they have to have a mobile phone there will be a stage where they say i want instagram i want snapchat i want yeah, this that yeah. and the other um and we've made sure that phoebe she's 16 she's on snapchat and she's on instagram but they're private accounts yeah. So no one can go and find our daughter should they choose to go and look. And people will. You know for a fact they will. But you've got to remember that social media, in my opinion, is someone looking in the mirror and seeing themselves 
but a hundred times better than what they actually are. That's what it is. But when people do put a picture of them looking really awful and bad, they make a statement and say, hey, look, aren't I awesome? Because this is actually yeah, me. Yeah. You know, when I look on, I don't go on very often, but when I look on Instagram, I get quite kind of fed up, when, and, and especially when my daughter as well. I found my daughter on something, I don't even know what it was, on my iPhone, where you take a photo of yourself and then you sort of manipulate it. it. <laughs> and she was sort of doing all this stuff. But the, the face she created for herself looked, Looked like an avatar, or it didn't yeah, look like yeah. a human it's being. It's bizarre. It, it really is bizarre. And and that's what she seemed to. She had kind of really elongated cat-like eyes and this <laughs> odd mouth. And I was just like, is that really what you want to look like? Because you actually look like a freak. It's strange. Isn't it? And and but that's so, what, that what I'm saying is is, is we, we make a, social media is a big deal of people looking different and coming across different to what they actually are. I think if you're that's those are the, that's that's you. That's that's special, you but know, because you, you are unique, and all these kids want you to look like everyone else. That's what I'm trying to say. But do you Replication. think your 16 year old daughter feels confident enough to think? I think it's really hard. No, for, I think it's I think it's one of those. To... Yeah, I think it's one of those things. Like you always wanted to sit on the raft and float down the river with everyone else yeah. when you're a kid. Yeah, yeah. You know, you, not rock you, the boat. Exactly. You don't want to swim against the tide. You want to be. You want to do what everyone else does, so there's no peer pressure, which is really, really, really tough for kids. Because uh, I experienced that as a kid. Peer pressure is awful. And you've got to kind of go with the flow. But as you get older, you kind of think, hang on a minute, I, I'm me. I'm not like everyone else, and no one else is like me. I'm quite unique. And I think once young people start to realise that being unique is actually... I always say to my kids, innovate, don't imitate. Try and be, try and be who you are. This podcast is brought to you by Aviva. Visit aviva.co.uk to find out more and enjoy the rest of the podcast. Aviva is with you today for a better tomorrow. So Holly, on the podcast each week, we have uh, a very special guest that we bring on and we chat to all things parenting. And we're going to start off with someone who knows everything about podcasting and everything about parenting because she has her own parenting podcast. Let's welcome Zoe Hardman, everyone. Yes. Hi, Zoe. Woo, woo, applause. Uh, <laughs> hi, hi, Zoe. Uh, how are you? Um, I'm fine, but I just want to say I don't know anything about parenting. I'm not winging it. I'm sort of winging it, but I think we all are as parents, aren't we? We're just sort of flying by the seat of our pants constantly, like not really sure what's going on ever. But that's what that's what Holly and I discussed is that, you know, I don't think that I said there's no right or wrong in parenting as long as your kids are brought up to be good people. Because, you know, we, we when you have kids, no one says, OK, you've got a baby boy or a baby girl. No, you must take parenting lessons 101. Uh, they start tomorrow. It's like, what? hang on. You kind of learn as you go along, don't you? I mean, imagine if somebody just came to the door and said, right, here's the manual and I just follow this and you won't mess your children's lives up. I mean, that, I'm just still waiting for the door to knock, but no, there isn't that. So yeah, I guess a baby comes into this world and then you just have to learn on the job and you just do your best. And I think that's the advice that we always give people at Made by Mamas. We're just like, listen to your, your parenting gut. That will always tell you the right, the right thing to do. When, when, you, when you started the podcast and uh, when you realised that it was as successful as it is, uh, let me ask you, why do you think it was successful? What, what, what did you find all parents or 
un or unsuspected parents have in common? Yeah, it's a good question. I, I, I think the reason that Made by Mamas has done well so far, and hopefully we're building this really nice community, is that we, we just don't tolerate any form of parenting shame or judgment. It's the one thing that really gets up my nose because it's hard enough being a parent. But then, you know, if somebody else is saying to you, well, you know, you really should have done it like that. Or, oh, is your son not walking yet? Mine walks. <laughs> like, you, know, you know, he's going to walk. He's just maybe a bit slower than your son. Now, can you just go away politely? Um, so, yeah, I just think we, we, we create a really safe space where parents can come to us and say, I'm having problems with this. I'm feeling insecure about this. I'm worried about this. And we just go, right, let's see if we can put you in touch with an expert who can help you. Or Georgia and I will go through some really you know, things that we've learned along the way, and that might work for you. It's a really safe space, right? It's a, it's a lovely thing online, which gives me a lot of comfort. Let's stay and kind of float around this subject because Holly and I uh, had a really good chat earlier on about social media and digital devices and whether there's a limit on how much time you should let your kids on their devices, at what age they should have social media. So from, from your experience in talking to lots of parents on the podcast, what is the general consensus about at what age do you, you, uh, do you allow your kids to see the outside world via social media? Again, that is a great question. And it's something that plays on my mind a lot because I have a profile on Instagram and, you know, made by mamas was born out of being a parent. And therefore, all of our children, mine and Georgia, she's my partner at Made by Mamas, our children are on our Instagram account. And it's only now that Luna's at preschool for five days a week that we're starting to take her off the grid because she will become recognizable and I have to protect her. So I'm now suddenly feeling confused about that and not knowing what the right thing to do is you know um i think it's very important for them to have their own choice and that in in itself is is me being hypocritical because i'm actually putting her on my social media and i'm not saying to her look do you mind if you know 59,000 people you know have a look at your face and what you're wearing and we're joking around and stuff so yeah, my husband and I discuss it a lot and I don't have the answer, to be honest with you. I'm sort of winging it. Um, I think she, there will come an age where she will say to me, I want to be on Instagram. And, you know, my eldest daughter, my stepdaughter, Isla, she's eight nearly. And she's already asking, you know, can I be on TikTok and oh, can we TikTok. do Snapchat and can I have a phone? And I'm like, well, you're eight. There's absolutely no way you're going to have a phone. But it's already coming around. I think they're getting a lot older, a lot quicker. And I think it's very important to educate our children as soon as we can on the um, the upsides of social media, how to use it, how to operate it, but also how dangerous it can be and how not to live your life through that screen. I don't want my children to be doing that. And so I'm interested what you think about the sort of cyber bullying element. Of it. I mean, we haven't touched on it much, but I know throughout lockdown, for example, my, my kids were spending an awful lot of time online, all for schooling, of course. Uh, they were on Microsoft Teams and and just sometimes observing the spats going on with them and their mates. And I think sometimes, you know, if you're in a playground situation and someone says something, it kind of bounces off you a bit more. But when it's written down, um, I, I, I sort of intervened in a few situations where they were being, to use their language, toxic <laughs> to each other. Well, I don't know. I, and I found that really hard to sort of try and sort of walk them through it and say, you know, this stuff just magnifies somehow when it's all written down in, on social. And I find that whole topic of cyberbullying something I, I'm aware of, but I don't really feel I know how to help them through it. 
Yeah, it's my biggest fear. It's my absolute biggest fear that something happens to them that I can't see because yeah. it's 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 messages that are coming through, DMs that are coming into their inbox, and I'm not there to be able to protect them. And I think especially girls, they are vulnerable to online bullying, as you said, cyberbullying, and it just you cannot get away from it. You know, it's during school, after school, you know, when they're in their bedrooms. I just cannot have that happening to them. Do you think we've just glossed over it? I mean, were we, I can't remember now, were we being bullied, but just in different ways like that when we were at school? I mean, I was bullied a wee bit when I was at at one particular school. I guess the difference was, wasn't it, when I went home and I shut the front door, it all sort of, it got left behind for another day. I suppose that's what's changed. Yeah, you're right. It, It didn't follow you around in your pocket. You, you carry your social media with you. It's always accessible on your on your device. So therefore, you know that the hate, you're carrying it around with you. Like it's literally a, a burden on your back, so to speak. But yeah. there is a flip side to that because I do feel that if you take away all the idiots, there are people who have genuine, honest opinions on social media. And sometimes you can look at it and think, oh, wow, okay, it's today's a fun day on social media. I actually think we've got a real problem as a society. And it's it, again, it's something that does, does frighten me. And that's kind of why I don't get involved in things. I'm on Twitter, but I don't really ever tweet about anything. Yeah, I is, that, is that a conscious decision, Zoe? Yes. Yes. Yeah. And actually, people have asked me over the years, you know, you've got this platform. Why don't you do more? I, I'm not prepared to put myself in the firing line to take somebody else's abuse. And that is something that our children are going to have to deal with. Yeah. So we have to be able to say to them, yes, look, here's this platform. You know, people have amazing careers on it. You can see the world through it. You can upload fun photographs. But when you get into the dark side of it, that is when we've got problems and we have to be able to control that, see it and protect it. Okay. So do you think that means then that you're more likely to actually want to keep them off it? We're all sort of talking about this mm. and how it's this, this sort of scary thing and as parents we struggle with it. I guess sort of a natural response to it is to want to pull down the shutters and just say no. But from experience of me being a teenager and being told no, it doesn't always have the desired effect. Yeah, I think it's something, I think social media is like children getting their first pair of Nike Airs. You know, it's a, it's a pivotal moment in their in their lives. You know, it's like, oh yeah, I've got social media now. I remember Phoebe was over the moon when we allowed her to have Snapchat. So there's one thing that I want I want to ask, uh, well, both of you about Holly as well, is about self image and self awareness we, because we've all got girls on social media and the pressure that comes from. We talked about it earlier on, Holly. The, the filters, girls following trends from social media that aren't real following influencers, shall we say, who use filters, who aren't their actual selves. How damaging is that, if it is damaging? And how do we tell our kids that that actually isn't real? Yes. Oh, God. I'm sure sure you talk. (laughs) Well, I'm I'm sure I'm asking because I I know for a fact you will have talked about this on your podcast. Yes. Yes. I think for me, it goes back to what we are teaching our girls and and I think it's very important and I'm very aware of the language that I use around makeup, about beauty, about appearance and, and about how they feel and really feel about them inside. So it's not, you know, obviously I tell my girls that they're beautiful because they are. But actually, beauty to me is not about your face or your hair or anything else. It's about how kind you are. And I always try and teach them that. You know, you could be beautiful, but you could be an absolute arsehole. So let's try and work on how good you <laughs> We're are. We're not a few of them. <laughs> no, don't we? We're not a few of them. So uh, le- 
let's work on being kind. And I think if you go into it fundamentally knowing that, you know, this whole facade, it's a game, edited photographs, airbrushed images. It is a game that the media have, you know, fed us like frog gras, that the influencers feed us. And actually, if our girls are strong enough to go, I see that, I know it, I'm aware of it, but this is me and I'm going to be the best version of me just the way I am then I've done my job. And also there's a really amazing side to social media where we're bringing up women that are going to be on it and, and, and will they be using their voice to do things like, you know, empower other women, body confidence, you know, sorting out anxiety. They can, they can, they can use it for all sorts of things that can really empower a whole generation of women rather than going filter. You know, if we can start teaching them that from a bit earlier, from maybe a little bit earlier on, Mm. then great. Because social media can be incredible. I mean, we we have it at Me by Mamas. And actually, I never get trolled on my personal account either. I just just won't, I won't tolerate any of it. So I think you can create those safe spaces on there where you can actually do a lot of good without being hurt. Yeah. I think, I think once, once you open your, your account to be not a negative one, you know, like I think opinions spark opinion. Yes. You know, as soon as you post something that is, 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 you know, for a fact is a strong opinion and it's going against the grain for some people. Uh, yeah. uh, it's topical. It's in the news. There's always going to be a handful of people who will just light you up like a Christmas tree. They'll just yeah. go for you. And that is, so, to me, that is social media. You, you take the rough with the smooth, you know, and, and I think it's important to us parents that we do educate our kids that, it's a playground, it's fun, but there's always a fox prowling around the outside. It's as simple as that. More than one. <laughs> so Zoe, on, on the Made by Mamas podcast, have you ever had a, a topic, a subject uh, come up that has really split your audience 50-50 down the middle, positive and negative? Um, do you know what? Actually, we haven't. And I think it's because um, people, we, you know, we talk to experts that give kind of their opinion on things but then there'll always be another opinion from another expert or a celebrity or a famous face telling their story so we kind of cover all bases the the only slight one the only one that ever triggers different people's opinions is sleep and that is because oh, everybody yeah. feels that they have the potion for the you know answer to get a good night's sleep so everybody's like nope i've got i've got it you know you do it this way you do it that way but actually you know it never works anyway because they never they sleep when they want to sleep right yeah definitely <laughs> zoe thank you so much for joining us really appreciate it you're welcome what a lovely chat guys good luck with it all so every week holly we take uh questions from uh people who've sent us questions funnily enough and we try and answer them to the best of our ability so here's the first question how much time should my kid be using social media oh that's a good question that's a good question. Holly, I'll leave that to you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, okay, my opinion for what it's worth, I, I just think it's really dangerous. There's the, it's a double-edged sword, isn't it? Yes, they're going to use it to communicate. Yes, it's important, etc. But I'm kind of old-fashioned. I don't think anything beats kind of face-to-face time with your friends, getting out and about, mucking about. So, you know, mine are 10 and 12. I say almost zero. What about you? Is that yeah. too draconian? Well, I, I'm not. I'm. Uh, everyone's different, you know. As we heard from Zoe earlier on, everyone's different. Everyone's. Uh, like we said from the very start of the podcast that there is no manual to parenting. It's how you learn as as you grow, as you as your kids get older, as as the experience of being a parent uh, becomes more fruitful and more fulfilling. That's how we learn about how to be a parent. 
from my experience with my two kids, I don't think it's possible to deny kids access to online content. But as a parent, you have to be responsible for what they see and how they see it. So one rule that we have is come home, we give them 20 minutes to get it out of their system because they've yeah, been in school all day, 20 minutes, there you go, flush your system, get on it, do whatever you want. And then it's either meal time, social time in the kitchen uh, or homework because our kids unfortunately get a lot of homework, which I don't agree with, but we'll come to that in another episode <laughs> of the podcast. But I think that if you are getting to that point now where you're asking yourself, how much time should I give my son or daughter on social media? I would say give them the same length of time of their favorite cartoon. That's a good benchmark, mm. in my opinion, in my opinion. Uh, all right, next question. I'm worried that the internet culture is toxic and can negatively influence my child. How can I help them with that? I think there's a really hard conversation to have with kids, isn't there, about what's real, what everyone else's life is really like, and understanding kind of, without wanting to sound like Donald Trump, you know, fake news and, and, and all of that out there. I think for older kids, something I found quite interesting is I, I've sat down and, and watched um, a documentary on Netflix with them, The Social Dilemma. And it explains to you how these companies manipulate you and it explains to you what a notification does to you. And so actually, I think it's quite helpful if you explain to kids the mechanisms of mm. this and they can see that they're being manipulated, it slightly changes their, their reaction to it. So I'm trying to explain to them, rather than just saying, kind of, no, it's toxic, I'm trying to explain a bit about how it's working, as much as I can behind the scenes. And I think then if they sort of get it and they see that they're being slightly manipulated, they're more likely to want to step away from it. But I don't know, Vernon, it's complicated. What's your magic Oh, I don't have a magic recipe. I don't have a magic recipe at all to online uh, education with my kids. But I will say this, uh, buy something off Instagram. You know those adverts that pop up and there's like a rucksack or a pair of jeans or a shirt that looks amazing on Instagram and the guys look tremendous in it. The girls look ultra sexy and they're foxy and they're going out on the night out and they look really cool because they've got this new backpack which you can't get into from behind but the jeans are like skinny <laughs> jeans and they look wicked and the girls have got these blouses that make them look super sexy. Buy that and then when it comes through the post <laughs> and you realise that it's absolute garbage, that's a great analogy of social media. Because okay. I've done it a, a thousand times, unfortunately. It's cost me a fortune. I thought, oh, I like that rucksack. I like that pair of jeans. Tesla looked great in that blows. It's arrived and it's absolutely dreadful. Dreadful. Not everything is as it seems on social media. Okay, next question. How can I help my kids understand controlling what they spend online? Oh, oh. that's your ballpark, Holly. Leave that I have a you. friend who... Um, told me last week that her son had spent £500 in-app on, on some game thing. So the first thing is obviously sort of password controls. Um, don't set up sort of card details. If you buy something once for them, delete the card details out of it. That's a good point. Um, I think the other thing is, I mean, I have a, a card for my kids. I pay their pocket money and online and they can sort of set up budgeting tools. They can save for things so they can start to sort of see what they're spending more. We use I, one of those. Yeah, I, I, I try and equate it as well with jobs just because I got to a point where because this money, it was all digital. They weren't holding it. They were almost talking about it like it was something out there in the ether. And I've just equated it to jobs. So my kids hate 
gardening and there's been you know when it's sort of leafy season and we're coming into sort of autumn and there's a barrow load of leaves they get 25p per barrow load of leaves and they know how long it takes to fill up a barrow and yeah. take it to the bonfire right yeah. so i kind of then talk about that if they're saying oh it's only three pounds mummy i go that's 12 barrow loads of leaves exactly so i think it's um it's really important even if stuff's happening digitally to try and give them something to, to equate it to a job or some sort of work so that it starts to, that it remains meaningful. Otherwise, it's just a swipe here and a tap there. So have you noticed that the value of money is different to kids who see it digitally than us that saw it T physically totally. in our hands? Well, we had a sort of... a. a, a Piggy bang, didn't we? And yeah. when it was gone, it was gone. If, if you've got a card and just these these numbers, it's mm. it, it doesn't mean anything. And I think if your pocket money's going from a bank account into an app, I mean, I remember my grandpa used to, when we went to go and see them, every time after we left, he'd press 50p into the palm of my hand and there was this ritual and then he'd fold my fingers over it and then he'd fold my thumb <laughs> over my fingers. And it was this sort of physical exchange. I think... With everything being digital now, there's a disconnect mm. with kids. And I think they, they need a reminder that, that money only appears in the app if you work for it. Yeah. And, but is that, is that relationship of, of kids and money, like my parents always said, hold on to it because it'll burn a hole in your pocket. That's one thing that I'll never forget. My mum always drilling into me. It'll burn a hole in your pocket. Go and put it away. It'll burn a hole in your pocket. Yeah, yeah. But when kids are in on the flip side of what you've just said, when kids are in control of their card and they monitor their balance of what they've got, does that give the responsibility of their cash solely in their hands? Is that, is that a good thing? I think it definitely has benefits because they also, I, I, what I like in some of these, these apps is that they can set up savings goals and sort of, so they can start to experiment with the, the trade-offs. I mm. mean, my son's incredibly sweet. And when I first set it up, he gave all his money to charity. My daughter didn't. Yeah, but then my daughter, but then my daughter got enough to sort of save up for a new pair of trainers. And then he was on it. So it does force, I think, the right conversations yeah. on balance. I think it's good. And that responsibility of having money, of it being, because I, I remember waiting, I think it was Thursday that my mum would give me my spending money. It wasn't a lot, but Thursdays were always a special day. I think when you're in control of your money, it makes, it, you respect it more, I think. So giving kids they're spending money and giving them the responsibility of looking after it. Yeah, and when it's gone, it's gone, it's gone. right? Yeah. The danger is back to online spending. Yeah. And when you've used your card in, in games or, or mm. on-app sort of purchases. So I just think everyone needs to remember if they've bought something or entered their card details, you need to sort of set up passwords on it or just go in and delete the card details. Do you think those kids' cards are a good thing? I think they are positive yeah, yeah. I and mean, then my my kids sort of um i just think you've got to make sure when when you have something like that that you're constantly reminding them for, for me it's of the work or the tasks that they need mm. to do before they get it yeah. otherwise they don't equate these numbers appearing on this mm. app with with work and i don't know maybe i'm really old-fashioned but i think it's no, really like important that. yeah yeah i like that <laughs> At this point each week, we're going to chat money with the experts over at Aviva. Yeah, money might not be the sexiest, but let's face it, as parents, it's one of the biggest worries. Yeah, this week we're looking at the financial worries that come with an increasingly digital world. 
Hi, my name's Alistair McQueen. I'm Head of Savings and Retirement at Aviva, and it's great to be part of today's podcast. The internet recently celebrated its 30th birthday, and it's brilliantly transformed our lives in so many ways. But it's also brought with it risks, including financial risks that we need to manage. So here are my top three tips for financial well-being in the age of the internet. First, take control. The internet allows us to take control of our money like never before, where we want and when we want. And this is brilliant. So take advantage of the free services provided by your bank, your building society and your insurer. Having control of your money gives us control over our future. Second, I'd say wait 24 hours. If you see something online that you want, wait 24 hours before pressing buy. That way you can resist the urge to spend today but regret tomorrow. If after 24 hours you still want it and you can afford it, go ahead and buy. You'll be amazed how often today's must-have feels less essential tomorrow. And third, be aware of financial scams. The internet sadly increases our exposure to financial scams. For example, it's been estimated that 1 in 10 UK adults received an unsolicited call, email or text in the past 12 months claiming to offer pension advice which may have been fraudulent. All ages are vulnerable to these financial scams, but it's now illegal to make cold calls about pensions. So if you receive a call, an email, or a text about something that seems too good to be true, it probably is. So just hang up or delete that message. To help you take control of your money, our website, aviva.co.uk, contains a wealth of information to help you manage your money. And our MyAviva app helps millions of our customers manage their money when they want, where they want. And finally, if you think you may have been exposed to an attempted scam against one of your Aviva products, you can use our free online fraud hub to report the case and our team will investigate it for you. Just search for Aviva Fraud Hub. And back to you guys. Thank you, Alistair. Alistair's going to be back with us every week to give us some more of Aviva's top tips. And that's it for the very first episode of Parenting Past the Pandemic. Uh, I've enjoyed myself, all of you. Yeah, oh God, it's so great to speak to another human being. Thank you, Vernon. <laughs> I hope we haven't been too down there on social media. I'm just wondering about that now. No, I, I think we did all right, to be honest with you. I think the main lesson we can take from today and from Zoe and from you, of course, is you've just got to be careful. I know, it it's really does feel like a bit of a minefield. Well, look, we're going to be back with the second episode next Monday. In the meantime, head over to waitrit aviva.co.uk forward slash parenting hyphen past hyphen the hyphen pandemic <gasps> for more information and some content from me. We'll also put that link into the podcast description for you. Yeah, and make sure you hit subscribe or follow wherever you get your podcast from and make sure you don't miss an episode. In fact, if you do subscribe and you do follow, you won't miss an episode because you will get uh, a notification. And if you fancy giving us a five-star rating, who are we to stop you? Uh, They're always welcome. All right, that's it. Thank you very much. We'll see you next week. And for now, it's bye from me. And bye from me. This podcast was brought to you by Aviva. Check out aviva.co.uk for more details. Aviva is with you today for a better tomorrow.